It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com. At MFFSOSS. Twitter, Twitch.tv slash agent three big show on this Tuesday edition of the pod. We'll look at the NFL playoff picture in the kickoff. Then we will have a full NFL week 14 recap, a weekend soccer recap, a look ahead to the final match day in the group stage of the Champions League match day six. Talk some college basketball, try pull locks and pick six at the end of the program. So a very, very big show on this Tuesday edition of the pod. And we have to start with, what is a crazy scene in the NFL playoff picture in the kickoff because no teams have clinched a playoff spot through week 14 and 30 out of 32 teams are still alive for the postseason. I don't think that's ever happened. I understand we've extended the season a week. So yes, it's week 14, but it's also another week. But then again, this has been a very interesting year with a lot of teams being around 500 or, um, still in the hunt in a lot of divisions and stuff like that so it is I mean those two things the fact that no team is clinched week 14 and 30 out of 32 teams are alive only Carolina and I believe New England are eliminated so let's start in the NFC and I have it kind of in different categories if you will tiers fine and battling for the one seed or one seed hunt Locks in the hunt, long shots. So NFC, I think this is pretty obvious. I've been talking about three top teams in the NFC all year long: San Francisco, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. All three teams are ten and three. San Francisco beat both teams convincingly. Eagles won in Philly in a close tight game. The Cowboys could have won. Cowboys won convincingly at home over the Eagles uh, in the rematch in uh, in Arlington. So. That's how those teams, little round robin has figured out and played out. So, Cowboys very good at home, have not lost at home. The losses have been a bad one in Arizona, uh, a, a bad and poor effort and poor showing in a big game against San Francisco, which was discouraging. You lose the game fine, but you lose the game like that. That's disappointing. And a tough loss in Philadelphia. Now, the Eagles lost the game where they turned the ball over a million times in, in bad weather in, against the Jets, which was a bad loss. Probably should have lost to the th- maybe should have lost to the Dolphins. Probably not, but should have lost to the Chiefs. Probably should have lost to the Bills. Probably. Then they do end up losing, right? Which was a big, big spot. And finally, like, finally they lost the game, right? Everybody was like, finally they lost the game. Um, when they got killed by the Niners, and then they had a bad effort against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys took care of business. So. I think of the three teams, the Niners are the more complete team with the best coach out of the three, in my opinion. Purdy's been excellent. When the Niners are healthy, they're incredible. I know they have some banged-up guys on defense, but they, they kind of just play a better uh, – Not I'm not going to say they play a system. That's not what I'm saying. But they've been able to bring in guys and sign guys and trade for guys on that defense that have – Really, really helped out. So, San Francisco, 
Philly, Dallas battling for the ones in the NFC. Then I have only one lock at 9-4 and four here with the Lions. I think the Lions, even though people are saying they could get the one seed, they have shown me things that have affected their perception negatively in the sense of the defense, I thought, could get off the field a few more times when they haven't, whether that's turnovers or third down or a combination of both, uh, which is what you're looking for, obviously. And then offensively, I love Goff. You know I love Goff. There have been a lot of lulls in that offense where they haven't put together some good possessions. And also, he's throwing more picks than he should. And I understand maybe he's taking some chances on some balls that he, he used to not do that kind of stuff. Fine. You know, that's all good. You can do that, whatever. But you got to stop turning the ball over. At some point, you got to stop turning the ball over. So uh, I put the Lions in the lock position. Now, in the hunt, Minnesota 7-6. and six. I don't think they're a good football team. Rams are six and seven. Seahawks are six and seven. Packers are six and seven. And we know somebody in the NFC South between New Orleans, Tampa, and Atlanta who are all six and seven. Somebody's going to host a home playoff game. And I don't think the second place team in the AFC, uh, the NFC South, will get a wild card. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities because if you look at the hunt right now, six and seven is in in position to possibly get something. If you're a six and seven team, so um, Vikings, I'm not really impressed at all. Dobbs, the magic's kind of wearing off a little bit. Fine. Rams, if they can stay relatively healthy, I think they give themselves a chance in every game with their coaching and Stafford and Donald. I really do. Uh, Seahawks, I think, has been a nice story the past two years, but it's really showing uh, their inability to finish games off and win some football games. Packers, again, I don't want to be like an, a Packer hater. I'm not trying to be, but I, I saw talk of like I don't, I wouldn't want to play the Packers, and and Monday night proved it because you lose to Tommy DeVito. Like I don't, I don't think you're going anywhere to be honest. So, um, even though the Packers could make the postseason, maybe steal a win, but I would say they wouldn't. I, I would say they wouldn't. Um, and then Bears, Giants, Commanders, Cardinals, long shots. I don't. The fact that they're still not eliminated is scary because those are some bad football teams. I'm going to be honest. You go to the AFC and I had three teams battling for the one seed in the NFC, but I only have one team listed here for the AFC because Baltimore has the path of the one seed. And I know Kansas city could win out and, and it's, and it's possible, but there have been some games where you, you didn't think Kansas city would lose this season. So, and they've lost them. So, um, and I would have had Miami in this, category as well if they could have finished off Tennessee at home but they couldn't so I have Baltimore battling for the one seed right now by themselves if they take care of business they will be the one now I think their schedule picks up a little bit here um and also Miami and Kansas City could possibly win out and make it harder for Baltimore but Baltimore has the inside track because of one the position they put themselves in um, winning a game with a punt return in overtime, but still the position they put themselves in, not to be 9-4, and four, but to be 10-3. and three. And the other two kind of big contenders that are possible for the one seed had big losses in Week 14. And I put them both in the locks category, Miami being 9-4, and four, Kansas City being 8-5. and five. And again, Kansas City could get to the one. That's very plausible. And possibly Jacksonville even could get to the one. But I have Jacksonville as in the hunt because what happens if Houston catches them and, and – Jacksonville slides out, and then I had them in locks. So I, I did that to protect myself here. I do think they are getting to the postseason, Jacksonville. I do think they should probably still win the division, but I'm protecting myself here by not 
just putting them in lock. So in the hunt, eight and five Jacksonville, eight and five Cleveland. Cleveland, the quarterback position in the offense, it scares me. It, it does scare me. It's it's more than concerning. It's something that is alarming with what's happening in that position and, and the Cleveland offense because the defense is outstanding. Um, and then the teams at seven and six. You have Houston. You have Pittsburgh. You have Buffalo now. You have Cincinnati. You have Indy. You have Denver. And I know Denver's caught fire, and they've won games, and they're making me look stupid. Listen, I think Houston's better than them. I would probably take Pittsburgh in a big spot against them if Kenny's healthy. I would take Buffalo over them, even though Denver did beat them. I understand that fine. And I'd say Denver over Indy, Denver over Cincy, probably. And if you're saying which team's better, we're, we're doing it like college football playoff rankings. If that's how you want to do it, fine. But uh, I would say, if you said Gundry had who's in the AFC playoffs, Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. And then you got long shots, Chargers, Raiders, Jets, Titans. Again, I don't know how those teams are not um, eliminated yet, but here we are. So that is the playoff picture through 14 weeks in the NFL season. No teams clinched. 30 out of 32 alive. You got a great division race in the NFC East. You got a division race in the NFC South. I'm not going to call it a great one. I'm not even going to call it a good one. It's a... It's a division race. It's not good football at all. It's just a division race between New Orleans, Tampa, Atlanta, all being 6-7. and seven. Somebody's going to host a home playoff game. So you have that going on in the NFC. Detroit plays Minnesota twice. So if Minnesota beats them, they could bring them down and Minnesota could get the division. I don't think that happens, but it is a possibility. So that could happen in the north. Um, and San Francisco's handling their business at West. Now, in the AFC, I understand Baltimore's 10-3. But Cleveland's eight and five, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati both seven and six. That division, everybody could get into the postseason, which would be crazy. Um, Miami might have to hold off a Buffalo run here down the stretch. Kansas City, um, I understand people are talking about Denver. Relax, okay, relax. Uh, but that could possibly get interesting. So we have some good division races, and we're gonna have some really interesting seating. Again, only one, the number one overall seed in each conference gets the bye now. Um, so that's one versus two seed is very important. And if you don't win your division, you're on the road. So even if you have a great record, it, it happened, it's happened to a lot of teams. So seeding to get in, even people are still, teams are absolutely still playing for it. And it's going to be a great, great last four weeks of the season. And, and we're looking forward to it. All right, NFL Week 14 recap. The Arizona Cardinals and Washington Commanders on buys. Everybody else was playing. Thursday night, we had New England and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pats win it 21-18. Honestly, I didn't think there were going to be three touchdowns in this game. The over hit by halftime. So that was on me. That's a, that's a bad pick, folks. That's on me. Um, and also, I was worried when I saw that 70% of the public was on the under. You never really want the public on your under or your underdog favorite. Understandable. That's, that happens. Public favorites happen all the time. But public underdogs and public unders usually lose. So, hey, it is what it is. So, pass in 21-18. Zappy hit a deep shot to Juju, and then he dumped one off to Zeke for a touchdown. So, that's how the pass went up 7 nothing. Mitch got picked, but it came back on a penalty. All leads to a Boswell field goal. So, the Steelers on the board down 7-3. 
Mitch picked off that one. Set up goal to go for the Pats. Zappy to Hunter Henry. Touchdown in the back of the end zone. 14-3. Then Zappy hit Henry again for another touchdown. 21-3. Steelers into the end zone. Mitch to Deontay Johnson. So they're down 11-21-10. Same score. End of the half. Zappy gets picked off. The Steelers are set up, but fourth and two with the New England eight. They turn it over on downs. Pats end up uh, having a punt blocked. Sets up a Mitch touchdown. Two-point play good, so the pa uh, Patriot lead cut to three. Steelers get it back. Fourth and two with their own 49. They turn it over on downs. They get it back again with 15 seconds left in their own 13. Nothing comes of that. And the Patriots get a win in Pittsburgh. The Bailey Zappier, I, I guess, until they draft the quarterback. I don't know. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in New England. All right, so that was Thursday night. Let's go to the games on Sunday. Carolina and New Orleans. New Orleans wins at 28-6. And you ever think of a team or hear of a team that wins a game in Division 28-6, still gets booed? That's what happened. Uh, Carr played. Uh, groupie misses a short field goal. Then Bryce Young fumbles. It set up a Kamara touchdown. Panthers get on the board with a Pinheiro field goal. Then the Panthers punt gets blocked by the Saints. Scoop and score for a touchdown. So the Saints up 14-3. Panthers then had a fourth and two at the same 46. They turned over on downs. Carr pass batted up in the air and picked off. So nothing there for the Saints. Half inch shortly after. Then a Pinheiro field goal cut. The Saint lead to eight. Then Pinheiro misses a field goal. Panthers get it again. They had fourth and one at the Saint 36. They turned over on downs. Carr hits a lave deep shot touchdown. 21 to 6. Then Panthers had fourth and 10 at their own 24. They turn over on downs. Carr to Graham touchdown. And then Panthers fourth and 13 at the Saint 35. They turn it over on downs again. So four turnovers on downs. Bryce Young fumbled. A couple of missed field goals as well. I believe at least one. So a really poor game from Carolina, but you would have thought the Saints played that game by their hometown fan reaction. The hometown fans were not happy in NOLA, but they do get a win. So Saints um, making it interesting in that NFC South, that's for sure. Rams and Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens win at 37-31 in overtime. Rams got on the board first with a Harvestick field goal. Then a Lamar to likely touchdown put the Ravens in front. Stafford to cup. They answer with a touchdown connection to put the Rams Back ahead, Lamar deep shot to Beckham. The lead switches again. Stafford to Allen, touchdown back to the Rams. Lamar gets picked off on a deep shot, so they're up 17-14 with the ball. They add a field goal, the Rams do, so it's 20-14. Then a Tucker field goal cuts the lead to three. Half end shortly after that, a Tucker field goal in the second half. Ties the game at 20. Ravens get it back. Lamar's not ready for a shotgun snap. It goes behind him, and he's not going to be able to pick it up. Or if he picks it up, he's going to get tackled, possibly fumble. Could be a touchdown. So he kicks it out of the back of the end zone for a safety. So the Rams up two. Ravens get it back. They get a Tucker field goal to go up one. Stafford to Robinson, the former Raven touchdown. Rams go for two to make it a seven-point game, which is the right play. Uh, they don't get it, so it's only a five-point lead, 28-23 Rams. Third and 17, Lamar throws a touchdown pass to Zay Flowers. He gets Zay Flowers for the two-point play as well. So the Ravens go up three, 31-28. So it's 116 left, two timeouts for the Rams. They do get in field goal range. They do get the Harvestick field goal to tie it, and we go to overtime. So the Ravens get it first. They go three and out, and the Rams are punting it back after not – 
doing much with their possession. And only for Wallace, the punt returner, who's the backup punt returner because Duvernay's hurt, he just runs it for a touchdown. And that's how the Ravens win. And am I going to say having your backup punt returner win the game for you in overtime on a punt return touchdown is lucky? I'm not going to say it, but maybe you can say it because I'm just, I'm just so tired. Yeah, the Ravens are a very good team, similar to what the Eagles were, what I was talking about a couple weeks ago when they were winning those close games. Like, multiple things to be true. These teams can be good football teams, and they can also be getting the benefits of, I don't want to say the whistle of the referees because we've seen how officiating has been this season. It's been abysmal. Um, but you're getting the breaks. You're getting the, the lucky bounces, the... The blocks go your way, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, listen, the Ravens are a good football team. Uh, but I don't think the a lot of people thought the Rams were going to give them a game, let alone get it to overtime, let alone um, get the ball after stopping them. Now, I know they punted it back, and, and on the punt, they lost the game. But a lot of the times, if you give up the ball, you're at least giving up a field goal, and then you got to match or try to score a touchdown, right? Uh, just to either keep the game going or win it because you're going to lose. So give the Ravens credit. Um, Lamar had some really good throws. He also had some really bad throws that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. He missed a couple touchdowns and also like the the pick he threw, the deep shot. I was like, what the hell are you throwing that ball for? So uh, Ravens went. Then we had Colts and Bengals. Bengals went at 34-14. A Browning to Brown touchdown got the Bengals in front, 7-0. Matt Gay missed a field goal for the Colts. Mixon touchdown makes it 14-0. Bengals, and then fourth and goal, Colts go for it. Minshew to Allie Cox touchdown. They missed the extra point, so they're down eight. And then uh, Cincinnati with Browning has a pass deflected. It turns into a pick six. They go for two to tie the game. They get it tied, so it's tied at half, 14 up. Browning to Hudson, touchdown, makes it 21-14, and then Cincinnati gets it going again on offense. They're in sneak range, and it's a Browning sneak touchdown, so they're up 28-14. Browning gets hurt. In comes A.J. McCarron. The Bengals pump, but the Colts muff it. It leads to a McPherson field goal to make it 31-14. Minshew then gets hit. Ball recovered by the Bengals. Colts get it back. They turn it over on downs. It leads to another McPherson field goal, and that's how he got to 34 14 with the third string. Uh, shout out to AJ McCarron. Shout out to AJ's everywhere. Um, taking over for, <laughs> for Browning. Jacksonville and Cleveland. Cleveland wins at 31 27. I don't know how Trevor Lawrence played in this game. It doesn't make any sense to me. A high, if you've ever had a high ankle sprain, I know these guys are freaks and don't compare yourself to these guys because they're just like built entirely differently. Their mentalities, for sure. But you could still be like, yeah, I had a high ankle sprain, and it kept me out this long, and this guy's back a few days later. That's insane. Again, they are super athletes, and they are, you know, in the best shapes, and that they can be all those kind of things, right? And we're just average people, but, like, if you ever had an ankle injury or a swollen, like, and to, like, lay off your feet, stay up, elevate it, all those things, this guy played an NFL game. <laughs> It's out of control, man. Um, but unfortunately, the Jags lose the game to the Browns. Flacco comes out firing two touchdown passes to Njoku to make it 14-0. Lawrence gets picked off, but Flacco gives it right back. 
Browns get it back. Flacco to Cooper. He gets stripped. Sets up a Lawrence to Ingram touchdown. Jags back in the game down seven. Lawrence picked a second time. Half end still. Browns in front 14-7. Lawrence to Washington. He fumbles. Leads to the Kareem Hunt touchdown. So Browns up 21-7. Flacco gets stripped sack. Leads to an Etienne touchdown. So Jags back in it down seven. But they get it back. And Lawrence gets picked a third time. Fourth and three. Flacco to Bell. Touchdown. Made it 14 Lawrence hits Washington for a touchdown to cut it to seven again. Jags have a fourth and three at their own 38. They turn over and downs leads to a Hopkins field goal, so they're down 10. And then um, Lawrence to Ingram, touchdown. They go for two for some reason. I don't know, to try to win it with the field goal instead of tie it with a field goal. God bless. Um, but then if you don't get it, you got to get a touchdown, so whatever. Anyway, Lawrence, Ingram, touchdown. Two-point play, no good. Browns lead 31-27. All they got to do is recover the onside kick, which they do. And that's how they won it. And held on 31-27. Lions, Bears in Soldier Field. This is concerning for the Lions, folks. I I know it's like they're the darling team and everybody likes them and Campbell. And and you know I love Goff and I, I do love Campbell, so I'm only being a little facetious when I do all that stuff. But... This is concerning um, because the Bears are not good. And you needed a comeback effort a few weeks ago to beat them, and now you lost to them, um, 28-13. And Bears got on the board first with a more touchdown. More had a nice year when he's been healthy and, and Fields has been playing, to be fair. Uh, Santos field goal. Bears up 10-0. Goff gets picked. Bears have 4th and 1 at the Lions, 38, but they turned over on downs. Lions back in the game with a Gibbs touchdown, but they missed the extra points, so they're down 10-6. Goff to Reynolds, touchdown. Lions in front, 13-10, half in shortly after. Bears get it tied quickly into the second half, 13 up with the Santos field goal. 4th and 13, free play for the Bears. They get them to jump. Fields to Moore, touchdown on the goal ball. Blocked extra point. The Lions almost ran it back, uh, but they could not. Goff fumbles a snap when they're trying to get back in it. Down six there. They could have taken the lead with a touchdown or at least made it a three-point game with a field goal. Instead, he fumbles a snap. Then Fields, touchdown, two-point play, no good. So they're up 25-13 then. Lions had fourth and one at their own 30. They turn over on down. Santos makes it 28-13. And then Lions, fourth and 17 at the 38 of Chicago. They drove it to, but they turn over on downs. And then Goff gets picked on the Lions' last possession of the ball game, So uh, for Bears fans, I'm sure there are a lot of Bears fans being like, what the hell, why did we win that game? That was so dumb. I, I, I get what they're saying, but there's also some Bears fans that I'm sure like, boy Fields, way to fire one back, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's an interesting spot to be. And for Lions fans, like that's not what you want to do. Like I know it's hard to win on the road in this league. It's hard to win on the road on division in the in division in this league. Um but if you want to do something and, and talk about being serious contenders, not just, you know, winning a division and not winning a playoff game, because there's a lot of teams that win their divisions and, and don't win playoff games, which it is an accomplishment to win your division and host that home playoff game. But to just lose it, like, that's not a good job. So um, you wonder what Detroit's going to be, because right now they are struggling. They are struggling. Next up, Tampa and Atlanta, the other NFC South showdown. Tampa wins it 29-25 and causes that three-way tie between the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints. 
Oh, what a division it is, huh? Uh, McLaughlin field goal gets the Bucks on the board. 3-0. A coup field goal tied us at 3. Ritter gets picked off. That set up a bake touchdown run. Bucks in front 10-3. But then Ritter to Pitts touchdown ties the game at 10. Bucks had a 4th and 2 at the Atlanta 42. They turned over on downs. It leads to a coup field goal attempt that he misses, which is shocking because all they do is talk him up. Um, Ritter gets stripped in the end zone. Bucks get a safety. So it's 12-10. Falcons get it back in another coup missed field goal. This one ends the half. So it is 12-10 bucks. Then bake to White on a little screen dump off. He scores 19-10. A Robinson, B. John Robinson touchdown for Atlanta. Cut the lead to 2, 19-17. And then Evans, Bake found him. And it, I thought it was a touchdown, but he did put his hand down first just before his other foot touched down. Uh, which is unfortunate because you want to brace your fall, but you also want to get your foot down. So, like, you don't want to fall on your shoulder and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's tough. It would have been an unreal catch, to be fair. But it leads to a McLaughlin field goal. Uh, Ritter touchdown in a two-point play. Puts Atlanta in front by three, 25-22. So, Bake has to go down the field. The field goal ties it. A touchdown possibly wins it. And Bake does what he does, which is find ways to win football games for a lot of different teams um, in fourth quarters. He's got a lot of game-winning touchdown drives. Look it up if you don't believe me. And he adds another one to the list here. Bake to Otten touchdown that put the Bucks up 29-25. Last play of the game, Ritter to London short of the goal line. He didn't throw it in the end zone, which bold strategy when you need a touchdown to not throw it into the end zone, but there you go. All right, Texans, Jets. Jets won this game 30-6, to and after the next sentence I read, uh, you're going to say, how the hell did it get to 30-6? to Because there were 11 punts in the first half. Nothing happened. Every possession was a punt. Think about that. Uh, weather was a factor. Um, Zach Wilson back for the Jets. And they got it going in the second half. The Jets certainly did. Wilson and Wilson, big play. Wilson and Cobb, touchdown. Jets up 7-0. Then they get a Gibson touchdown to make it 14-0. But then Zach Wilson fumbles. It sets up a Singletary touchdown for the Texans. They miss the extra point, so they're down 8. Then Wilson and Brees Hall, touchdown. Jets up 21-6. Texans have a 4th and 2 with their own 33. They turn it over on downs. They were getting desperate early. A Greg the leg field goal makes it 24-6. Stroud gets hurt. Davis Mills in fourth and four at the own 31. Texans turned over on downs again. Another Greg the leg field goal made a 27-6. And then Texans again inside their own end, inside their own 30, this time at the 29. They turn it over on downs after a fourth and nine. And another Greg the leg field goal. That's how the Jets got to 30. And after that horrific first half, the fact that it got to that much, that many points in the second is crazy. All right, that was the 1 o'clock slate. Not great. Really, I guess the Tampa-Atlanta game got exciting at the end. Jacksonville-Cleveland, not so much. Rams-Ravens went to overtime. That was a good game. But that was really it. I guess two and a half good games if you want to count it. Uh, the afternoon, the late afternoon slate. Seattle-San Francisco. San Francisco wins at 28-16. It was interesting. A little while there was... Uh, Seattle leading. It was locked for Geno, not able to go. McCaffrey long run set up a Mason touchdown run. So Niners up seven nothing. Then a lock to Metcalf touchdown tied the game at seven. 
Seahawks got in front with a Myers field goal to make it to 10-7, and Purdy got picked off, but the Niners get it back. Purdy deep all the Debo touchdown. Niners in front, 14-10, half-end, same score. Then another Debo touchdown, made it 21-10. Locked to Parkinson touchdown. They go for two. They don't get it. So Seahawks down five. Niners lead 21-16. A Purdy to Kittle touchdown made it 28-16. Lock got picked off, and then a big play here with Purdy to Ayuk, but he got stripped from behind. Seahawks recover. But Locke got picked off again to seal it for the San Francisco 49ers. How about this one? We talked about uh, garbage, boring, horrific game in MetLife. How about the game in Vegas? Vikings, Raiders, Minnesota Vikings win a 3 nothing. That's the final, folks. No, I'm not talking about the Twins and the future uh, Las Vegas Athletics. And the Twinkies went in a 3 nothing game on a three-run homer. No, nope. it's a field goal. That's it. 3 nothing in the National Football League, folks. And honestly, in the first half, nothing happened in this one. Uh, really, a Greg Joseph missed field goal was the only thing of note. And then the second half, the Raiders were going in. O'Connell, Renfro, he fumbles. Nick Mullins comes in for Dobbs, and then he leads a game-winning drive. That led to a Joseph field goal that put him up 3 nothing. Then O'Connell got picked off. Raiders got it back, and they tried the lateral play, and it was a fumble to end the game. So, I mean, you don't score any points, you can't win the game. And the fact that they almost tied shows you how bad this game is. And the fact that the Vikings only scored 3-1, and one, I mean, that's really bad, too. What are you going to say? All right, Buffalo and Kansas City, we've seen absolute battles between these two franchises recently. Buffalo wins this one, 20-17. Mahomes got picked off. Allen, a cook touchdown, got the Bills in front 7-0, and then a Josh Allen touchdown run put him up 14-0, so the Chiefs playing from behind again. Allen got picked off. It set up a McKinnon touchdown, so the lead cut in half, 14-7. A Bass field goal increased the Bill lead to 10. Mahomes to Rice touchdown cut the lead to 3. Then Mahomes hit Rice. He fumbles. Bills recover. Chiefs get it back. Get a Bucker field goal to tie it at 17. A Bass field goal made it 20 to 17. And the Chiefs got it back. 154 left. Two times out. Two timeouts. Sorry. Mahomes to Kelsey. He looks over his shoulder. He's about to get tackled. He floats it out to Tony, who struts into the end zone, but there's a flag. It comes back. It's offensive offsides. No, not a false start. No, not a legal formation. No, not a legal shift. Offensive offsides. And Here's how you kind of have to approach this. Because in today's NFL, today's football, with really across all divisions, if you watch college, I'm sure in high school kids are doing it because they always emulate the, the pros and, and the, and the uh, college stars. Every receiver, every tight end, everybody on the line of scrimmage always looks over at the referee, hey, I'm good here, hey, I'm good here, whatever, right? So if you're telling me Tony looked over at the ref and he said he was good and then threw the flag. We got a problem with the referees. Now, if we have Tony lining up there, never looking for acknowledgement if he's good or not, then that's on him a, a thousand percent. And it's especially on him if the ref was telling him to get back and he ignored him. So I'm not sure where we're at with that part of the story, but it's not like in the rules that the refs have to tell them to get back or that they, they have to acknowledge that they're in a good spot. But it's kind of just like an unwritten thing where if 
you have the receiver or the tight end going out there and they're like, hey, ref, I'm good here. They're like, yep, you're good. You don't usually get a flag after that. You know, just kind of saying. So I'm going to go thinking about this back. It's a, a lot on Tony. Could it be on the official a little bit? Sure. But it's you got to line up in the right spot, son. And I understand people are upset. Rule of cool. It should come back. It should hold. If we don't have rules, we don't have laws, we don't have a society. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I know people could get upset about that, take, fine, whatever. Uh, but we got to have laws. We got to have rules. So that was on a third down, I believe. Or was it on a, a second down and then the replay? Yeah. So they don't get the touchdown. They end up having to face a fourth and 15. It's an incompletion turnover on downs. Mahomes goes nuts. He spikes the helmet. He says stuff to Josh. After they meet at midfield, I saw another clip of, of Allen saying that's the craziest something he's ever saw. And, and Kelsey's like, it's the craziest thing he's never counted. Like, you know, guys, like, he's he's trying to be, like, a gracious winner, and you guys are being horrific losers. So, like, come on. Shake the guy's hand. That's all you got to do. Um, but it's a gigantic win for the Bills. I know we're talking about a lot about the Chiefs, and we're talking about a lot about the Chiefs and officiating, uh, which is tough. But this week, you can't have any qualms unless Tony – Looked down the line and said, I'm good here. And the ref was like, yeah, and then he flagged him, which I don't think is the case. The other weeks, I think they have a case. This week, I think they do not. And that's the Chiefs have lost a lot of games this year that you don't think they would lose. And for the Bills, who have been dying for a big win to finish off a football game, to not get you know beat from behind, you know, beat while they're ahead, that's a big win. And could that catapult them back into the hunt for this thing? Yes, it could. Because you got to look at Cleveland. I think they fall out. Pittsburgh could possibly fall out now. They know Kenny. Even though Kenny hasn't been great, but he is the starting quarterback. Uh, so I said Cincinnati. I said Pittsburgh. I said Cleveland. So those teams could easily come out. And the Bills could slide in. Who knows what happens with Houston and Stroud getting hurt. Could they slide in there? Um I'm going to get to Denver in a second. I still don't think Denver's that good of a team, but here we are with them winning games. Uh, so the Bills are right back in the thick of it. Give them credit. They kept fighting. And they had a tough week, too, with the McDermott stuff, which is what an idiot. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Broncos, who I just mentioned, Broncos beat the Chargers 24-7. I had the Chargers in this game. I, I just really like Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. I, I like Derwin James. I like a lot of their guys. And I don't really like Russ and I don't mind Sean Payton but I just don't really like Russ anymore I used to uh, anyway Russ gets picked off Chargers out of fourth and three of the Denver six you could just take a field goal and, and get some points no they don't they turn it over on downs then they get it back Herbert pass gets tipped and picked Broncos get set up with a Williams touchdown run so they're up seven nothing then Chargers fourth and two at the Denver 29 they turn it over on downs again like, at one point, like, I get, you know, analytics and you got to go for it fourth and two and four. You got to – you guys never get them. Like, you very rarely get them. I would just take the field goals at some point. Like, you have a good kicker. Just kick the – like, because you turn down two kicks here, you'd be down 7-6. Instead, it's 7 nothing. Um, And then you get your quarterback hurt and Herbert. So, stick comes in. Stick gets hit. Broncos pick it up. Scoop and score gets overturned. So, they're lucky there. 
But the Broncos do end up getting a Lutz field goal. So it's 10-0 half end shortly after that with the Broncos in front. Double digits. Chargers have another fourth and short. It's fourth and one at the Bronco 40. They turn over our downs again. Russ Sutton touchdown 17 nothing Broncos. Chargers fourth and eight at the Denver 49. Guess what, folks? They turn it over on downs a third time. And they get it back with an Eckler touchdown, so they're down 10. And then Russ to Troutman, the tight end, touchdown 24-7. Stick gets Haiti fumbles. Um, he's not a starter. Come on. So the Broncos win 24-7. And then we had Sunday Night Football. Eagles, Cowboys. Cowboys win it 33-13. Dak hits CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown. Cowboys up 7-0. Then Hurts on the move. He's running strong, but he fumbles. Cowboys recover. Cowboys end up getting a couple big plays taken back on some penalties, but it all leads to an Aubrey 60-yard field goal that he makes with ease. So it's 10-0. Eagles get on the board after they fake a punt, and uh, Jake Elliott field goal makes it 10-3. Dowdle touchdown. They originally ruled him short. They go to commercial when McCarthy challenged it. That's one thing. Like, Can we not go to commercial on challenges, especially for touchdowns? So that's a bad job by the TV, of course. Uh, so the Cowboys up 17-3, and another Elliott field goal makes it 17-6. But before the half, because the Eagles could have got a field goal, and if they stop the Cowboys, they come out of the second half, get a touchdown, and they're right back in the game. Instead, Cowboys hold them to a field goal, and then Dak to Gallup touchdown makes it 24-6 at the half. Eagles on the move, hurts to Brown, but Gilmore punches it out. Dak actually gets stripped. It's a scoop and score touchdown for the Eagles to get them back in the game down 11, but then an Aubrey field goal makes it a 14-point game. Fourth and nine for the Eagles at the Dallas 31. They turn it over on downs. Another Aubrey field goal. And then Hurts to Smith. Ball gets punched out from him. Another Aubrey field goal. So that's how you got to 33-13. Big, big win for the Dallas Cowboys. And the Eagles who got away with a couple wins that maybe they shouldn't have had, which they did get. And now they've lost a couple in a row now. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so that was Sunday night. Let's go to the Monday night. You could call, can you call it a double feature? It's not a doubleheader if both games happen at the same time, right? But could it be a double feature? Monday night double feature? Yeah, we'll call it that. So we had Green Bay and the New York Football Giants and the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins. Giants get the win in MetLife 24-22. Actually started with the Bullock missed field goal. Packers went down the field. It was a read touchdown to get them on the board. 7-0. Giants answer with a Saquon Barkley touchdown. Love then fumbled. Giants face the 4th and 1 at their own 49. They turned over on downs, but Love gets picked off. Packers get it back. A Carlson field goal uh, puts the Packers up 10-7 half and shortly after. So then Giants in the second half punt. Packers muff it. Barkley gets his second touchdown and puts the Giants in front. Packers then punt. Giants muff it. It leads to a Carlson field goal, so the Packers cut the lead to one. DeVito hits Hodgins back corner of the end zone. Giants up 8-21-13. Packers then got into the red zone. They stall for a Carlson field goal attempt that he misses. Packers get it back into the red zone again. This time, Carlson makes, so a five-point game. Barkley then goes on a long run when the Giants get in their four-minute offense. You're thinking, all right, go down, go down. Don't do anything stupid. What does he do? He fumbles. Saquon Barkley fumbles. Packers get a good return. They're down the field. Love to Heath. Uh, touchdown. Two-point play, no good. So the Packers up 22-21. DeVito does get the Giants into field goal range. Bullock wins it 
for the G-G-G-G-G-Men, 24-22 in the first Monday night game. And then the Titans went into Miami and won 28-27. Tennessee Titans beat the Miami Dolphins. I believe that's the Dolphins' first home loss of the season. And it was the Dolphins on the move early, but two of fumbles. Then Levis threw a pick six, so the Dolphins score anyway. They're up 7-0. A Derrick Henry touchdown tied the game at 7, and then Miami tried to get on the board again with a Sanders field goal that gets blocked. So end of the half, Levis gets the Titans into Miami territory. Folk field goal, good as the clock expires and headed to the halftime. Titans lead 10-7. First possession of the second half, Dolphins get it tied on a Sanders field goal. Then the Titans go ahead on a Folk field goal. Dolphins put together another drive, but they settle again for a Sanders field goal. So we're not at 13. Dolphins punt. Titans muff it. Goal to go. Mostert touchdown. Titans up 20 to 13. Levis then a bad toss play to Henry. Dolphins recover. It's goal to go. Mostert a second touchdown. Makes it 27-13. Levis to Hopkins. Touchdown. Two-point play. Good. So they were down 14. They say, all right, let's let's do the let's do the analytic thing. Let's do it, right? So they get it. So now they're down 27-21. Titans then get it back. Levis, big play to Hopkins. Henry, touchdown. So Titans are now in front with the extra point, 28-27. So Dolphins have no timeouts, 149 left. Interesting call in the third down where one ref ruled it out of bounds. So the Dolphins were like, okay, we got some time. We can go to the huddle. And then another ref came in and was like, no, he's inbounds. Run the clock. And they were like, oh, hurry up, hurry up. And Tua gets sacked in the... Uh, in the shuffle, and that's how the Titans went into Miami, win it 28-17 on Monday night. What a wild two games. Um, and you would definitely argue with the two underdogs winning, I don't think a lot of people had these uh, finishes in mind when they saw the schedule on Monday night. Giants win at home against the Packers, the Packer team fighting for a postseason spot, and the Miami Dolphins get upset at home when they're looking to try to get the one seed by the Tennessee Titans. Great night of football in the National Football League on Monday night. All right, pros to the student-athletes, and not only student-athletes, but uh, men that will become veterans and leaders of this country, Army-Navy in Foxborough. What an event. It's it's one of the best things. Like It gets me emotional every year watching the CBS features uh, about these brave men and then the women also at the academies that go off and lead our other brave men and women that volunteer their services for our freedoms and for defending our country and stuff like that. So, I don't know. That stuff gets me emotional. I, I love it. It's important to me. Um, and Army won, which is always great. So, Army wins at 17-11. They had a touchdown pass to get the scoring started, and a field goal ended the half up 10 nothing. Navy got on the board with a field goal in the second half, and then you thought Army put it away with the scoop and score touchdown on defense, to make it 17-3, but here comes Navy uh, with a touchdown pass and a two-point play that they didn't get, so they're down 8-17-9. Navy on the move. Army needs to stop. It gets the fourth and goal, and Army stuffs the sneak. They take a safety with no time left, but they end up winning the game, obviously, 17-11. Cadets sing second. Um, big, big win for the Army Black Knights. And then... The other news in college football, LSU's Jane Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy. He had 503 first-place votes and 2,029 total points, beat out Penix, who had 292 first-place votes and 1,701 total points. 
Mixon third, and Marvin Harrison in fourth. Daniels, 328 margin of victory over Penix marked the closest Heisman voting since 2018 when Kyler edged out Tua. Daniels is the third LSU player to win the Heisman Trophy. Winner, uh, Heisman Trophy. Billy Cannon in 59, and of course Joe Burrow in 19. He's a third straight quarterback to win the award, and seventh of the past eight years have been quarterbacks. Devonta Smith broke it up, if I'm not mistaken. Arizona State transfer two years ago, Daniels, he accounted for nearly 5,000 yards of total offense, 4,946 yards, 3,800 of it passing, and 1,134 of it rushing, 50 total touchdowns. He led all players uh, in QBR, yards per attempt, which was a record, passing touchdowns, completions of yard, uh, 20 yards or more, and he had 72.2% uh, completion percentage, which was 7th in the nation, while his offensive yards per game were 1st. And the yards per game were 74 yards better than the next player. So he had the statistics. Did his team have a great season? No, not necessarily. But this is a year where the guy had an unbelievable season, and you got to give him the award. So congratulations to Jaden Daniels. Um, a lot of people voted Penix, as, as I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, I wonder if Knicks has a big game and wins that game against Washington if he gets it over Daniels. Because Knicks has a little bit more of the story with Oregon being a more popular program, I would say. Uh, but nevertheless, Jane Daniels, LSU, Heisman Trophy winner, the transfer. All right, let's go to footy. Weekend soccer recap, back to the midweek with Everton, Newcastle, and Tottenham West Ham on Thursday. Everton beat Newcastle 3-0 at Goodison, McNeil, Dracore, and Beto scoring for the Toffees. And then Tottenham score first against West Ham, but they lose 2-1. Romero opened up the scoring after returning from his suspension, but Bowen and Ward-Prowse turn around for David Moyes' hammers. So you go to the weekend matches. Crystal Palace and Selhurst Park hosted Liverpool. Liverpool win it 2-1. Mateta, penalty. Got the scoring started, but IU got sent off for two yellows. Sala, almost an immediate response to Crystal Palace going down to 10 men. It's a goal for Sala. It's his 200th goal. Um, he's, he's been outstanding for Liverpool. Um, and for him to get that goal, to tie the match, to get it going back for Liverpool to come back, to start the comeback, crazy stuff. Um, and I understand it was deflected, but it was going in. It was going in. And then you had Salah's time get announced. Salah playing Harvey Elliott off the bench, and Elliott scored a banger. Um, I understand that Crystal Palace keeper, Johnstone, got subbed out because uh, of injury, but it is what it is. You got to stop him. And I don't want to hear about the IU yellows. Both of them are yellows. I don't care. And Elliott, Salah's time winner. Big, big goal for Liverpool. That took Liverpool top of the table. And they kept them on top of the table as well. Wolves Forest 1-1 after Tofalu and Cunha were the goal scorers. Sheffield United beat Brentford 1-0. as a McAtee first-half stoppage time goal. That was the lone goal there. Man U against Bournemouth at Old Trafford. Bournemouth 3-0. Solanke, Billing, Senesai scoring for Bournemouth. Two of the goals. Came from United Mistakes. The third was from a corner. Brighton Burnley 1-1. Odebert 
Got the scoring starter for Burnley, but Adingra at the back post from a gross cross equalized. Villa beat Arsenal 1-0. What a result for Villa. Uh, they've been outstanding at home. They just continue to win matches at home. Bailey sets up again on the turn and spin in the box for the lone winner. And Villa get a big three points. I think they're third in the table now. Uh, Luton and Man City. City win it 2-1. Adebayo scored first for Luton at the stroke of halftime to give the fans at Kenilworth Road a buzzing 15-plus minutes before the teams came back out, and then City turned it around. Silva first. Grealish the winner. Fulham, another five goals. They hammer West Ham. Pun intended. Jimenez, Willian. Adarabayo, Wilson, and Vinicius, the goal scorers. Everton beat Chelsea 2-0. Jacore scoring after a rebound put out by Sanchez after a Calvert-Lewin effort. And then Dobbin late pounced on a loose ball in the box from a set piece to make it 2-0 to the Toffees, who are just flying high for Sean Dyche, even after the 10-point deduction. And then Newcastle traveled to Tottenham in the capital. Tottenham went 4-1. Udogi assisted from Son. Richarlison assisted from Sohn. Um Poro, I think, put in Richarlison for a second to make it 3-0. Then they get a penalty. Sohn scores it. And Joe Ellington had consolation for Newcastle. All right, La Liga. Real Batiste, Real Madrid, 1-1. That one finished. Bellingham, the goal scorer there. Atletico beat Almeria 2-1. Morata and Correa. And then Corona beat Barcelona in Barcelona. Lewandowski and Gunawan scoring in the loss. Lewandowski had a chance to make a 3-3 late. Instead, he misses it, and it goes back 4-2 the other way. Uh, so, Girona is top place in La Liga. Syria, Juve beat Napoli 1-0 as a Gatti goal. Uh, Verona and Lazio draw 1-1. Atalanta beat AC Milan 3-2. Inter, Hammer, Udinese 4-0. Calangolo, DeMarco, Taram, Latoro, Martinez, and then... Roma and Florentina finish 1-1. Lukaku, the goal scorer for Roma, but they had two guys sent off, including Lukaku. Uh, Bundesliga, Frankfurt dismantled Munich 5-1. So Munich, I think if they're looking ahead to the United game or they're looking ahead to Christmas break, they're looking ahead to something because they got smoked. Uh, Dortmund and Leipzig. Leipzig win 3-2. Hummels got sent off in that one. And Stuttgart Leverkusen draw 1-1. PSG beat Nuts in League 1. So Champions League match day 6. List of qualified teams. Bayern Munich. Arsenal. PSV. Real Madrid. Real Sociedad. Inter. Atletico. Lazio. Dortmund. City. And Barcelona. Group A. Stipulations. Munich have clinched first place. Copenhagen's on 5. Galatasaray's on 5. They play each other. So a winner or draw because Copenhagen has the goal difference right now. They would get through. Galatasaray would need a win, and United on four points playing Munich need a win over Munich plus a draw in the other match. Group B, it's all settled except for first. Uh, no, it is settled for first place. Arsenal has clinched it on 12 points. PSV have eight, and PSV hosts Arsenal, so even if they beat them, they'll have 11, so they would not get to Arsenal's 12. And Len play Sevilla. Group C, Real Madrid have clinched first place. Napoli on seven, Braga on four. They play each other, so... Napoli, all they really got to do is have a better result against Braga. They can't lose. And if they lose, they can't have Braga make up the head-to-head -head difference. They, so they can still lose and go through, but as long as they don't 
lose by a bunch, Braga will be out even with a win. So Braga need a win, and they got to have a better goal difference than Napoli in that match. Union Berlin, Real Madrid, the other match in Group C. Group D, Sociedad and Inter going through, and they can figure out first place because they play each other. Inter at the San Siro. Welcome, Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad sitting in the pole position with the tiebreaker right now, both on 11 points, but they have the goal difference. So they need a win or a draw. Inter need a win. Group E on Wednesday, Atletico can clinch first place with a win or draw against Lazio. Lazio need a win over Atletico. They play each other in the Wanda in Madrid. Celtic Fernandor in the other game. Group F, the group of death. Dortmund have qualified for the round of 16. PSG have at least given themselves third place at uh, the minimum. And they can qualify for the round of 16 with a win against Dortmund or a draw against Dortmund plus a Newcastle draw or loss against AC Milan. Newcastle on five points can qualify for the round of 16 with a win against AC Milan plus a PSG loss against Dortmund. And AC Milan on five points can qualify for the round of 16 with a win against Newcastle plus a PSG loss against Dortmund. So Newcastle and Milan playing for a win and hoping in the other game, PSG really just has to take biz take care of business um, and not have a worse goal difference if they get a draw kind of a thing. So that's the story in Group F. Group G, City qualified and clinched first place. Leipzig have qualified and clinched second. So Red Star, Man City, and Leipzig coach Young Boys. In Group H, Barcelona have qualified and clinched first place. So it's Porto with nine, Shakhtar with nine. Porto need a winner or a draw. Shakhtar need a win, and the match is in Portugal. So that is Champions League. Let's go to college basketball. Tennessee pulled out a good win against Illinois at home, and then Purdue with a big comeback against Alabama in Canada. And then Arizona, big win over Wisconsin. Wisconsin was feeling themselves after some big results and some big wins, and then uh, Arizona kind of, I don't want to say punked them because that's you know taking a shot at Wisconsin. I don't want to take a shot at Wisconsin, but Arizona beat them. So give the uh, Tommy Lloyd Arizona Wildcats a bunch of credit. So that's some college basketball. A lot of finals happening, so a lot of light schedules. But Friday into Saturday, there's a lot of big games. So Thursday's show, we will look ahead to a big, big weekend in college basketball. So it's light for now, light early week here. But then Friday, Saturday, a big, big slate that we will talk about on Thursday's show. All right, let's go to the picks portion of the program. And it was a bad weekend here for the picks portion of the show. Tribe Pulak's one and two, pick six, one, four, and one. Not great, folks. Uh, Tribe Pulak's down to 30 and 12. Houston at the New York Football Jets was a loss. Stroud got hurt, and it was a garbage game. Uh, San Francisco wins at home against Seattle, and then Miami at home against Tennessee, a team that, I mean, you don't think Miami's going to lose that game. So that's crazy. I don't. I think a lot of people would agree with me with those picks. Because there were a lot of losses out there, to be fair. Um, but one and two, no excuses. Bad, bad, uh, bad week. Thirty to twelve on the season. And pick six, one four and one, not good. Uh, Forty four, thirty seven and three now. New England, Pittsburgh under thirty. That was a loss by halftime. Vegas plus three against Minnesota was a push. Wish that was four. We would have got a win. Chargers minus three. Listen, Chargers should have never been favored in that game. I thought I was trying to be a little sharp, and Herbert gets hurt, and it is what it is. Philly, Cowboys, uh, Dallas Cowboys under 52, got that one. Uh, Packers, 
Giants under 38. That was a loser. And Titans, Dolphins under 47. That was also a loser. We had a chance to salvage it to be 3-2-1. Um, and one. Then we had a chance to be 2-3-1. Uh, and one. No, unfortunately, 1-4-1. One, and one. So, uh, not good week for the picks portion of the show. We'll bounce back for Thursday, folks. And it's going to be a big show on Thursday. we got NFL Week 15 to look forward to. I believe the bowl game, some of them will start. So, we'll look ahead to some of those matchups. So, we got that. We got Champions League match day six to recap. Look ahead to uh, the knockout, or at least the teams in the knockout. I think the draws on Friday or something like that. So we won't have the knockout matchups yet, but we'll look ahead to that. A full weekend soccer preview and a lot of college basketball to talk about. So a huge show on Thursday. Looking forward to that. And uh, that'll be the next time I talk to you guys. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.